What's up, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here. We have a great episode today. I co-host with Liv. I share some big uh, news in my life that I'm excited to share with you guys. Uh, we also talk about uh, what are the rules when you're in line for confession? What can you do? What can't you do? And I tell the story that, like, I swear to you it's all true, and it sounds like it's out of a corny Christian or Catholic movie. It was one of the craziest confession experiences of my life, and it was a blast. Um, also, our guest this week is Everett Fritz. We talk about um, just making one disciple. Just one. See if you can just do just one. And then maybe because of Pringles, bet you can't do just one. I hope that you enjoy today's show. If you do, please subscribe wherever you are watching or listening to this. Enjoy it, my friends. What's up? We're going to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Liv Harrison. She's so still. I, I, I still have so much PTSD from the last time we recorded together and the internet froze every four minutes. So every time you're like not constantly moving, I'm like, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? <laughs> hey, Liv. Hey, Tay. That, that, that's how bad things are in my life. PTSD from Zoom meetings. That's, that's, that's the bad stuff going on with me. Jeez. Could that be more like privileged or what? <laughs> no, I, I think it's real trauma. I, I really do. I think it's real trauma, and I'm you struggling can't. with it. I can't believe you're laughing at my trauma. I can't believe <laughs> <it>. <laughs> You're such a snowflake. <laughs> it's because you're Unique millennial. Unique and unrepeatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Are you a millennial? What are perfectly, you? What are you? Perfectly crafted by God. Perfectly that's, that's crafted. That's my answer to both of your questions, the previous and the last Got it. one. <laughs> You're hilarious. Yeah, yeah, your trauma. Well, let's we're all here for you, Taylor. We are here for your trauma. Thank but you. you you actually you have no reason to have any trauma. You've got a lot of amazing things going on. So, I'm not going to I'm not going to fall for this. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I'm sure you learned right from your therapist. If things look good on the outside, then everybody must be doing great on behind the scenes. Yes, actually Thank I learned you. that from Instagram. That's yeah, what yeah, I learned yeah. that from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not my therapist. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> well, Mr. Graham is incorrect, I believe, on this one. <laughs> uh, but no, it is things things have been pretty good for me. I'm not going to lie. Um some of the, some of the things I've gotten to talk about in the show. If you listen to the show, I I assume you follow on social media, so you probably saw this or you like read the, you know, you clicked on the thing. So you kind of know what I'm about to say, right? But I got to send an email yesterday, like uh, to our uh, newsletter that I never talk about, <laughs> fortogatholic.com, and it'll pop up. You can sign up for the email newsletter, or whatever. I send it out every three months because I'm busy. You know, like it's very, uh, very big updates. But essentially, over the last month, there's been a couple of things that I've talked about on the show quite a bit. Over the last month, we started men's retreats. We had our first one. We talked about that a few weeks ago. That's why Father Anthony was in Texas. Uh, we're having another one here in a couple of weeks. That's new. Like so, like these these are happening. You know, we mentioned a few weeks before that that we were mentioned in the Wall Street Journal, like the show and me. Like that was really cool. And then the 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 other update. I got to send all of these out in one email. The big actual new news. We're recording this on Saturday. It releases in a, in a few days. But on Friday. Something that I signed an NDA for. You know what an NDA is? That is so big time. That's a non non disclosure, right? Non disclosure agreement, right? You've actually had yeah. me sign one too. You just you 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 give away all your own secrets, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know like, the word. Sign this NDA, and you're like, I'm doing another new podcast, and I'm like, okay, I guess we're talking about it now. 
I signed the NDA three hours ago. You can't say anything. Okay. I'm the worst. I I just want to be famous on the outside. So I just make up things. So So you signed a real NDA. I did. And it was this this process, and I'll explain what happened, but it's this long process that I've known about this for quite some time that it was probably going to happen. And then I got, you know, about three weeks ago, I pretty much knew it was going to happen. And then on Friday... I knew it was going to happen, like 100%, and so I was able to tell people about it. But um, I got chosen by Ascension Press as one of the four audio editors for uh, Catechism, Catechism, Catechism in a Year by Father Mike Schmitz, the follow-up to Bible in a Year, which was the number one podcast in America last year. <laughs> I would say the world. Wasn't it the number one in the world? I don't Come know. On. if they're, I mean, I, I, I mean... That's kind of like saying like the NFL has the best football team in the world. It's like we're the only ones that have them. You know? Like there are podcasts over the rest of the world, but like Biggest we're the ones that podcast in Bangladesh. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like you know, you say like, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the 16th best team in the NFL last year. They were also the 16th best in the world. <laughs> That's hilarious. So um, do we know who the other three editors are? Because I think we should egg their house. I mean, I, congratulate no, them. I, I know who I, I I am aware of one of them. I'm assuming this person got picked. I'm not going to say who it is, just in case they didn't. Okay. But um, so I, I suggested that they talk to two other people and one of them oh, they had cool. already talked to and it seemed like it was going well. So um so I, Taylor, this is a big yeah. deal. Like this is, this is, this is a big deal. Like you need to make this into a huge deal because it is. Also, you should just never send another like uh, newsletter out again because yeah. there's no way. Here's the podcast. <laughs> you can top this. This is my podcast. I'll be speaking in Iowa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You have peaked. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many people have told me that since then. Like, like I should just Aww. quit now. So many people are like, this is the height of your career. You've peaked. This is the best <laughs> it's ever going to be. And I'm like, I mean, I mean no, it's, that's it's, your it's, line. it's awesome. That's your line. No, like, you would it's not say just that. You. It's not just you. Everybody. No, you know, I'm saying you, just you would peaked. say that. That means honestly, that I'm at the peak. I'm going to go down from here. <laughs> no, honestly, to be honest, do you want to know what my actual first response was after I sent you every exclamation point that iPhone would let me send you was uh, like, I feel like honest to goodness, this is a door flying wide open. Like I really do. I don't feel like up oh, and we're done. I feel like it's like, and Hey, Tay, Hey, <laughs> don't forget the rest of us, you know, and it could go either way. It could, but I really do. I really think, and it makes sense, Taylor, you've been doing this a really long time. And I know this, and I'll say this for you because I definitely know, you know, this, you are the best. And I'm just going to say this word sound engineer that I've ever met. That was two words. So there you go. Thank you. <laughs> It was hyphenated. <laughs> Sound engineer. Sound engineer. Well, because I don't know what the real term is, so I just decided You're it was close. sound engineer. Audio engineers is, is pretty close. Okay. So, well, um, there you go. You are. It, You're the it, best I've ever, ever, ever the worked best with. I ever the best I ever had. The best. I mean, you, you've worked with one and a half, so thank you. That's it's, not true. You'd be shocked who I have worked with. I know somebody who's working right now for Julian Fellows on uh, The Gilded Age. So there you go. I only know who Brian Fellows is um, <laughs> from SNL. That's a whole other thing. Shout out to Tracy Down Morgan. Abbey. Hey, Tracy. The Down Abbey people. Okay, here's... here's Saying um, you're better than that guy. 
what, what's so funny is one of one of my like professional idols is uh, Lena Ruli. I, I I love the guy, the Catholic guy show. I you know a lot of the like Cath Cath like Catholic comedy show. He was the first person I saw do it, and I was like, there needs to be more of that. And, and like, he's one of my big right. inspirations, right? Yeah. And before he started in Catholic radio, he says it like this, where he's like, he was like, I was actually successful before he started in Catholic radio, you know? Uh, like, he has three Emmys for his work yeah. in in um, TV production, and like, I don't, I'm never gonna win an Emmy, right? But this for me, it kind of feels like this is because he, he he had all these big projects that that won, and it's like, I'm not gonna win an Emmy, but. If Catechism in a Year follows up and could be, like, uh, the, the Catechism isn't as big of a deal as the Bible is just globally, right? But it's a big deal. So, like, it's even if this hits, like, the fact that I would have edited something that, like, was one of, if not the biggest podcast in the world at some point, like, that's it. That's it. That's my Emmy. Done. Right. Like that's that's on your resume. Right. It's Forever. Like- he was li- listen, Father Mike was in Times Square. Like he was in a on a billboard. I mean, in I've Times been in Square. Times Square. But oh yeah, the billboard. <laughs> that's that was the difference. In <laughs> lights. Yeah. He, yeah, he, Taylor, he was up on the billboard. Deal. I was next to a drunk Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just pot everywhere in yeah. Times Square. It's unbelievable. Uh not in a good way. Uh yeah, no, I this is huge. It's massive. And no, I think that's a very good point. And especially, yeah, like Lino has been your hero from the moment I met you, you know, like way back in the day. And this is exactly this kind of stuff, like these huge projects that someone like Alina really would have that would catapult to the next place, you know, or whatever. And I think that here's what's so cool. And you and I have talked about this. What an age we live in. You live in a tiny town in Texas in your house. You have a little studio. I do live you're in not in house. L.A. Yeah. OK. You know, you're you're not in L.A. You're not in New York. You're not, you know, some grad from Berkeley. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how cool is this that you took the gifts that God gave you and you're doing it from where you're at and you're able to do work on the largest podcast in the world? That's massive. That is huge. And this is not where you're peaking. This is the beginning. So the only thing here's the only thing I'm worried about. Okay, what? Because the catechism isn't as popular globally as the Bible. I'm uh-huh. a little worried that if this one doesn't hit number one, I'll be to blame. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jesus is to be to blame or Pope Francis, not you. Oh, okay. You didn't yeah, write I, the catechism? I, I'm fine with blaming Jesus if we don't want to blame me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your fault. Yeah. No, I, no, you're right. I mean, that's that's good to have like boundaries. I don't have boundaries. You know this. So that's good that you have them. You have the right expectations. Are you going to get a bus and, you know, tour with JLo after this? Probably not. But is it going to be pretty rad to put on your resume? And is it going to put you on a list of people that you were not on before? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It's cool. One of the cool things, you mentioned resume. Like I could put it on my resume. Yeah. The cool thing is, is I don't have one. This That's it. That's all you put on the resume. Well, no, 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 no. no. Like I didn't submit a resume (laughs) for this. Like literally this, I'm going to tell the story of how this happened. Right. So there's a, there's a, there's a group of Catholic podcasts. It's like, there's like 25, 30 people maybe in this Facebook group. Right. And it's just these, the Catholic podcasters that just kind of share information and, you know, ask questions. There's a bunch of those groups. This one's a good one. Um, I'm still in this one. Um, Somebody came in and asked if there was any good audio editors. 
and I didn't even see it. But a bunch, like I started getting tagged. Like other people in the Catholic podcasting community yeah. were suggesting me, which was really cool, right? So then this person, before I even saw it, this person had reached out to me on like Facebook, like Facebook, Facebook Messenger, who's like the head of audio at Ascension, which is you know who published. When was this? Can you say when it or no? Months. This was like six, seven months ago, where this part happened. Okay, cool. So it was a while ago, and they yeah. were they were like beginning of the year. Yeah, they were like. You know, we have a new fun project coming from Ascension, which like could be anything, but like I think anybody I think anybody could have seen Catechism in the Year coming. Just because if you have sure. any any sort of business mind at all, you're like, it was the number one podcast in the world. You have to follow it up with something. The next thing that makes sense is the catechism, right? But because I work in this world and have enough contacts and have conversations that don't go public. I heard about a lot of people because the USCCB owns the catechism, owns the, right. the print of the catechism, the, the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and other people, because of Bible in the Year, other smaller podcasters, not Ascension Press and Father Mike, were trying to start Catechism in the Year to try to ride off the coattails of their success. Like, awesome. That's Makes great. Sense. Congratulations. Sure. Right? But they kept getting cease and desist. People telling them to stop because they didn't own the cop. It's just like anything else. They didn't own the copyright to the catechism. And it kind of makes a lot of people were upset, but it makes sense. It's like it's the catechism of the Catholic Church. You don't want just anybody representing it, like officially, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So people were upset, and I get why they were upset, but I also get why the church would want, like, I went to a college where they were saying they were teaching Catholic teaching and it definitely wasn't. It's like, you don't want somebody representing. I, I, I get I get it, right? It's it's right. the same reason why if somebody else started a podcast called Forte Catholic and it was hosted by Liv Harrison and she was spewing Liv Harrison sayings, I would shut it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Nobody wants that. <laughs> so I had heard about a lot of this and then and then I was like, oh, it's going to take somebody special to do this. So I heard nothing about the Catechism of the Year for a long time because they all got shut down. And then I was like, they were like, hey, we're doing a big project. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. So really, uh, so they asked me to like submit my info, and I submitted my info. Like, who have, you know, what have you, what have you edited for? All this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think I got it because I was like, oh, I edited, talked to me with Liv Harrison. They were like, oh, we gotta have him. <laughs> you know, like we gotta have this guy. So <laughs> <laughs> Father Mike listens to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've known this forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I submitted that, and then I didn't hear anything for a long time, like for months. I was like, okay, whatever. And then about a month ago, month and a half ago. They reached out and they were like, hey, um, we have a project. Do you want to sign an NDA? And I'm like, now I know what it's for. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I signed it. We had a meeting. And they were like, they got to know me a little bit. I got to share a little bit about what I what I had done. They were like, hey, we're going to send you a test, a test edit. Oh, yeah. Which I don't mm, do yeah. for people. I'm like, hey, no. I should get paid for my work. But if I'm getting into this project, I will do a test edit for sure. So I did it. And then they got back to me. Um, well, and then, like, you know, they they actually announced it before. Before, you know, I got the word, which I don't think was the original plan, but that's a whole nother thing. I think somebody leaked it. I think somebody didn't follow their NDA. Follow their happened. NDA? Yeah. Was it me? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, you, no, I, I did. I didn't even tell my wife. My wife was frustrated. Um, uh, no, no, sorry. My wife didn't know that I had a secret because I, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, but my, That's like cute. my, my parents knew I had a secret, but I couldn't tell them, you know, and <laughs> I, I finally told everody and they were all excited. So what's so funny to me is that, that that's like the story of how I got it. And they, uh, it's, it's all really exciting. But what's so funny for me is like, I've kind of known that this was it. And just because I'm confident in my skills, like I was pretty sure I was going to get it. Right. Um, yeah. 
So I've known about this for anywhere from half a year to at least a few months to where it got more and more, where I kind of guessed what it was, and then I knew what it was, and then I really knew what it was, right? Um, so I've been excited about this for a long time, but I literally couldn't tell anyone. So then I finally told people Friday, and now I'm like all excited again because now I get to share my joy with people. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, Taylor. You're famous. All right, here's the question, though. When does the work begin? Like, have you already started? Uh, so that test one that I did will be an official one. So technically I've already started, but Father Mike will start recording in August and we'll start putting them out in January. So we're going to be like months ahead, which is exciting. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So it doesn't all come out at once. It's like you can do it. Daily, slow. Daily, daily podcast 365, which is why there are four editors because it would be way too much work for one person to do a daily podcast every day. Right. So essentially all four editors are doing about two a day. All right, I'm sorry. You'll be editing two, two a day. I'm sorry, two a two week, week, two a two week. week. Yeah, because there's seven days in a week. Starting in August. Months. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll be wow. about four months ahead. So we'll be, you know, we'll be done with like January, February, March, April by the time it launches, and then oh, that's cool. From there. So okay, that um, makes sense. And uh, then, of course, the big question is: Did you or are you connected with Father Mike? That's what everybody wants to know. Like, are you guys like hanging out and we're, we're all not? The We've hung out before. I don't. Think, I know. Uh, we hung out before, but with this project, uh, but not with this project. No, um, right. I tagged in a bunch of stuff, and I think he blocked me because a bunch of people were commenting <laughs> on it. <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, you're like, why am I getting all these notifications? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the, I'm the, uh, yeah, he's the face of the project. You're just the sound guy. Yeah. So no, uh, that's really clearly cool. Clearly they chose the right face. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. They're like, hey, Taylor, listen. you can be a part of this popular podcast if you don't podcast or show your face. Don't say anything. Behind the mic. Don't, we don't, you, <laughs> don't be seen. Don't be heard. <laughs> just help this other guy. Father Mike is pretty and, and he knows that. I'm sure someone has told him that before. We're not the first. He's so this hum- is not he's the exclusive. He's so humble though. He, like, he, he like, is. He, he's so humble. He's so cool. I've, I've shared that story before. He's just such a, like sometimes you meet your heroes and it's disappointing and sometimes you meet them and you're like, he's even cooler in person and that was You're Father like, Mike, dang so. it. Yeah. Good. Good. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. We're excited to hear about it. Yeah, thanks. And uh, and let us know whatever your next big project. How many? Do you have any other NDAs that you've signed? Any other secrets, Taylor, that you can't expose I, yet? I do have secrets, but you don't want me <gasps> to share them. <laughs> They're <about> yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna cede the floor to you. What uh, What do you got going on in your life? I mean, I just shared that uh, everything's great for me amazing yeah taylor has amazing stories i have nothing like that i get to go to kansas tomorrow <laughs> and take care of four little kids which is called Tuesday are you taking for you. a plane or cooking your heels together i am i'm <laughs> gonna take a plane so here's the thing you're not gonna believe this although i don't know if i've shared this does everybody know i have covid that i got covid again no you do i'm not. on my second round and here's what stinks is like i can't get rid of it so i'm still sick I got COVID at the beginning of June. Where are we? We're in like July. I've had it for a few weeks and uh, I still have it, but I got to go on with my life, Taylor. Have so you tried I- telling it to go away in the name of Jesus? <laughs> I should. <laughs> yeah, I actually believe in the virus. Everybody who doesn't believe in the virus is like, that's because I believe in the Lord. And I'm like, I believe in the Lord and the virus. Um, but here's what's sad, Taylor. My husband is a financial advisor. I know you're not sad for him for that because he does very well. And, but we didn't know he was going to do well, but he does. And it's all him. I do nothing. I I spend his money. So he won a trip through his company to Aruba, meaning they were flying 200 people privately. Well, I mean, on like a 
actual United 200 States. planes! <laughs> we have to show that clip I sent you of that lady of the pores. Yeah. No, we. Our lady we of the pores sounds like a Marian title. It's not what you meant at all. <laughs> Not at all. I would be the saint of the pores. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, you're a real Saint Teresa of Calcutta. <laughs> uh, we were going to go to the uh, Saint Regis, right? Is oh, that the fancy I schmancy? Didn't, I didn't know. The Ritz. The Ritz Carlton. I didn't know he did already. I knew uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire did well. I just didn't realize he yeah. was Saint. Nice, exactly. No, no, not the Saint Regis. The, the whatever. The Ritz Carlton. Ritz Carlton in Aruba. They're flying in all these people. They fly in famous people. It's like this whole big deal. I test positive for COVID the day before. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you know how you get it. You know how I've avoided stuff like this. Your, yeah, your, your trip got canceled. You know how I've avoided this. Yeah, I don't take COVID tests. <laughs> <laughs> I was sick, Taylor. I'm still. You know sick. what they say about COVID? <laughs> what you don't know can't kill you until it does. <laughs> well, Aruba. <laughs> Exactly. You'll be on a ventilator like, I'm not taking a test. I don't believe in the virus. Taylor, no. This, oh, I you believe had to, in it. I just want to move on with my life like we've done with all other sicknesses in our life. The country of Aruba won't let you in. You ha Everybody had to test anyway. Wait, Aruba's like, I, a country? I, whatever it is. I don't know. Isn't it? Isn't it a country? I don't think so. Well, whatever it is. You keep talking. Aruba, I'm going to look up what Aruba is. What is Aruba? Anyway, so it was a couple of days before and I tested positive, but I was sick. But that we were we had to submit a test anyway. Oh my gosh, Aruba's a country. See? I thought Long it was story like short, Mexico. Like a, a no, place in Mexico. it's off of, I would have gone to South America. But everybody keeps saying, well, you and Ethan should just go, go, go. And I'm like, they're like, you could do the trip anyway. I was like, no, we can't. This was a very special trip. Like we, it was free. We were going for free and we were going to stay at the... What is it called? The Ritz Carlton for free. And it's the first time the man ever won a trip. I'm the worst wife ever. Not like Taylor needed to hear this story for me to admit for being the worst wife ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obvious. I'm the worst. So anyway, I missed Ruba, but I get to go to Kansas. So oh, our uh, lives what, uh, what are you parallel. The Ritz Carlton and going to the beach in Kansas as well? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they have a Ritz Carlton in Kansas. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to help my friend who has four kids. She just had her fourth. Her husband's in the military and they just moved to Kansas. She gave birth like a week ago. So that seems the same. So I'm going to go with the sickness. I'm not a, I'm not allergic or what am I? Come on, get on, make it on my down with the sickness. <laughs> what is that called? You can't get, I'm, I'm not contagious. I just don't feel good. So your life is amazing. Look, we switched. I am now Taylor Schroll and you're now Liv Harrison. Oh, you're living God. your best life. Well, I was doing well until now. <laughs> so you just said that and ruined everything. <laughs> exactly. Taylor knows nobody wants my life. I just, <laughs> it's I, Carlton or I not. love, I love that you traded Aruba for Kansas. I love that. Isn't for that you. sad? <laughs> you're the worst. I'm so happy. It makes me so happy. Because I don't have enough horrible things in my life, Taylor. You're like, you could do one more. You could have go one to, more. You go to an island that may or may not be a country like four times a year. Get over yourself. <laughs> I couldn't go once when it was free. You go free every time. He pays. <laughs> <laughs> that, I believe in the sacrament of marriage and being one. See, I'm being very kind. Uh, I do not. I was just in Destin this week and it rained the entire time and I was sick. No one feels bad for 
you when you're in Destin. Oh, I couldn't go to Aruba, so I went to Destin instead. And oh, it rained. God it's... hates me. Let's go where the pores the live. <laughs> exactly. We went on vacation with pores go. <laughs> There's a great Instagram that I'm I following. I can't believe I can't believe it's I learned so that Aruba is a country. I found it. It's right <laughs> above S- South America. It's like like it is. Cuba and then nothing and then so and then yeah. uh, this place. I I I don't and I here's here's my final take. It. Here's my final take that I'll make about Aruba. I don't think you mm-hmm. should be allowed to be a country if you're the size of Rhode Island. <laughs> it's very tiny. Although, how many countries are the size of Rhode Island? Uh, that would be an interesting trivia question. Yeah, y'all figure it out during the break because <laughs> I'm not talking about this. Speaking of a break, um, uh, Alice, uh, not Allison, you're Liv. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> lady co host. You thought I looked like Allison? <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Lady co host, <laughs> insert female co host name here, will not be joining us for the next segment. We're going to throw to a, um, an interview that I did with a returning guest, his third time back. It's just been years. Uh, Everett Fritz is back. We're going to talk about uh, small, du- small group discipleship and uh, see if we can get any, um, what are those called? Hot takes out of him. Don't go anywhere. Liv will be back for our final segment. Did you know that with every purchase on Amazon, you could be supporting Forte Catholic and it doesn't cost you an extra dime. It's Amazon's program called Amazon Smile. It's their um, arm where they are very generous. What's that arm called? Their donating arm. I can't remember the correct term. Their giving arm, whatever that is called. Uh, But if you sign up, you can do it in the link in the bio, the description, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Just scroll down. You'll see Amazon Smile. You can click that. You can set Forte Catholic up as the nonprofit that you would like to support. And and everything that you buy on Amazon from here on out will support Forte Catholic. So if you want to help out the show, help us to continue to grow, help us out financially. It's a way that you can do it just by spending money for yourself. It's the most selfish, selfless thing that you could do. Amazon smile all the way down in the description. Please, it would be great for us. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. Thank God we kicked Live out for about 15, 20 minutes. Don't worry, she'll be back in a while. But uh, we upgraded for at least the middle of the show. We are uh, joining back a multiple-time guest, but it has been a while. Uh, Mr. Everett Fritz is back on the show. Everett, how are you, man? Good. Uh, good to see you survived the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, we both we both did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last time I talked to you was pre-pandemic. And then so the whole world has changed. Since we last spoke. And both of our lives have changed. We were talking about that before the, before the show launched. Like, hey, the last time we talked, our lives were completely different. And here we yep. are. But mm-hmm. um, your your episode remains. Your, one of your episodes was, the, was at one point the most popular episode that we had ever had. And then obviously it had been, you know, it's been a couple of years since you've been on. But, but because you were so popular, I brought you back. And then that episode became one of the most popular. And, you know, the show's grown a little bit. So it's gotten past now. But I'm hoping that this episode... <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, if I'm if I'm your best interview, like your best episodes, you got to get higher profile guests, man. I I don't think you're my best interview. I just think that every now and then you've been known to say something controversial and it's kind of clickbaity. And most of the stuff I do isn't clickbaity. It's just kind of like, hey, let's come out and hang out and laugh for a little while. And then you're like, and people like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try. I'll try to say something controversial so we could boost your uh, subscribers. Everett Fritz gets canceled by going on for the Catholic. But the reason that you are back, one, is because I just missed you and your glorious bald head. Uh, But Mm -hmm. two, you wrote another book. And it's actually interesting because there's some backstory with me with this book. Your your new book is all about 
you know, your whole ministry has been about small groups. And the book is called One Disciple at a Time, How to Lead Others to Dynamic, Engaged, Life-Changing Faith. And, you know, it kind of started as a small group thing. It's like, oh, I've been at like week-long trainings with Everett about how like ministry leaders run small groups. So you set out to write a book for ministry leaders, and then you got a little smart and you're like, hey, that's a smaller demographic of people. Let's reach more people. So why don't you tell the story about how the book started? Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, small group ministry. So I work at, uh, primarily with consulting with, for youth ministry, developing small group discipleship. And, and even small groups needs definition because uh, there are people that will say, oh yeah, we run small groups that like we do a 15 minute breakout during our youth group. And it's like, no, those aren't the kinds of small groups I'm talking about. I'm talking about the whole youth ministry being the small group uh, or the whole ministry being the small group itself and discipleship. And discipleship by definition is the program is following the example of the rabbi. So there's no such thing as a program that leads to discipleship. I, I just pet peeve of mine uh, is that we use the word discipleship as a, and small group says it for catch-all uh, for everything. And, and so the biggest thing is like discipleship, if it's about following the example of the rabbi and learning from his very way of life, uh, people would ask me when we would do small group ministries, it would happen over and over and over again. Okay, what program do you want us to use? Like, what do we do in our small groups? And I will say, well, discipleship isn't a program. I want them to follow your way of life. I want you to, to identify what their needs are and minister to those needs. Uh, and, and I would give advice there, but they would still come back to, well, what program do you want us to run? Like <laughs> Catholics, Catholics, we love our programs. And I realized, I was like, we have an entire generation of Catholics and probably multiple generations that don't know how to minister to people because they've never been ministered to themselves. Mm. Uh, but really, I, when I break it down, I, I, I was in a room full of about 200 ministry leaders and giving a training. And the, the idea just came to me and I said, let's do an exercise real quick. Cause I could see they were having a hard time letting go of a program mentality. I said, I want you to imagine uh, your pastor comes to you tomorrow and he gives you an entirely different job description. He's like, everything you're doing in ministry is now somebody else's job. Uh, you don't need to worry about it at all. Your new job description is to make one lifelong follower of Jesus Christ. Just one, but like one, like John Paul II or Mother Teresa, yeah. like, because I mean, let's, let's give a, you end up with a minor saint and you're like, yeah. ah, you're a failure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, the thing is I'm like one John Paul II has a greater impact on the world than a thousand mediocre Catholics. So, so, I mean, we really want to get more John Paul II into the world. So how do you make one of those? And so the exercise I took them through, I was like, I want you to imagine where you meet, what you talk about, what the invitation looks like. You've got as long as you need, you got 30 years to do this if you, if you need that amount of time. But I want you to think through those steps. And then, uh, and then at the end of this exercise, I'm like, compare what that those steps are to what you're doing in ministry now. And you'll see that what you're doing is entirely different than discipleship ministry. Like you're not actually focused on making a disciple, making a living saint. You're running programs. I want you to focus on the steps that it actually takes to make a saint and multiply from one to three and three to 12 and 12 to 72 and so on and so forth. As I was writing the book, as you mentioned, I was like, I'm writing this for ministry leaders. But then I realized I was like, you know, the call to go and make disciples was a calling of every Catholic. Yeah. And it's not up to our priests. It's not up to our priests and religious and nuns, et cetera, or the church employees to be the ones to, that put together an initiative. Like every Catholic should be taking this commandment seriously. And so really the, the whole book, One Disciple at a Time, available uh, on Amazon or Ave Maria Press, uh, <laughs> one, one Disciple at a Time is just, here's how I would answer that question. Here's how I would make one disciple. And it, within that, I, I coach the reader of like, here's the steps that it actually takes. It's actually really simple, uh, but it requires an army to be 
be able to do it because we need people who are intentionally focused on an, the needs of an individual. Yeah. So I, it's funny because I was like, you know, I was like, there's a there's a bunch of shows for ministry leaders, and this isn't one of them. This is just a a, a, a show for like the the random guy. So when you when you talked to or your your people actually emailed me a couple months ago, and one I was just really busy. I was like, I want to get Everett on, but I was like, you know, we we had talked about like the small group stuff a couple of years ago. And I was like, okay, if we're gonna do this, like, you know, what? Let's let's do it for just you know the the random guy, and listening to the show, uh, who like a lot. I would I've just because I've gotten to talk to a lot of people that listen to the show. It's like a lot of great Catholics, great people. But if they were asked to like lead a small group for for you know for people at their church or people in their in their uh, community, or if they were asked to just like like what you just said to make one one thing, like what are the steps for that? And I would imagine a lot of people would be like. I would love to do it. People hear the Great Commission, like, yeah, I'm gonna go do it, and then they're like, yeah, but how? You know. So I'm glad. I'm glad you wrote this book. So let's get into some of those, some of those steps, right? Some of those practical things, like what, like when you say to walk with somebody to help make them a saint. Like, what are some of those things along that process? I think one of the first things, I, I, you know, I noticed there was a need for this. So if you go on social media and you go onto like. Uh, Catholic Twitter, which I know you're you're uh, very involved with, is just responding to people back and forth on, on Twitter within the Catholic community. And people are are just love to share their opinions and get angry and be jerks on social media. And I then do that in my real at, life too, to be fair. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but like then you look at like the typical Catholic ministry and there there's not like they're underserved, they're undermanned. Uh, and I'm like, why are all these people hanging out on their computers? Like I've never heard a person say my heart was converted because of something somebody said to me on Twitter. Like it's not, that's not the way you do evangelization or ministry. Uh, just to give one example, if you want to get like a context of like, how do you actually walk with a person? One of the most common things that I hear from adults, uh, older adults is how do I bring my adult child back to the faith after they've walked away? Really common question, uh, sadly. And they're hurt and they're in pain because their child has walked away from the faith as an adult and they're not practicing. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about what you do now. And what I normally will find is that they like, constantly try to talk about the faith with their adult child. They're like, I tell them this and I tell them that. I'm, I'm like, okay, here's what I want you to do. Stop talking about the faith. Stop it. Uh, I was like, get, put a, you may never be able to talk about the faith with your child ever again. I want you to focus on the relationship. Go out fishing, go to a movie, go hang out together, go have coffee, be engaged and interested in their life. Um, I actually have a, a, and I write this in the book, I have a, a uh, like a, oh my gosh, my mind is blanking, uh, like a law, uh, a rule. Oh my gosh, I couldn't remember the word rule. <laughs> it has been uh, I, decreed by a yeah, prince. <laughs> I, I have a rule that I will not talk about the faith with my extended family. Uh, and it's because they know I'm the church guy. They know I'm the churchy one. Uh, and so, but lo and behold, I have lots of conversations about the faith with my extended family because they bring it up to me, right. but I will not bring it up with them. I'm real similar uh, on that. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a um, a story that I, I lead with at the beginning of the book where I just want to talk about the need for patience with somebody and, and the willingness to see something through and walk with somebody. So uh, there, there's a movie that I saw that had a, a it was it's about magicians 
uh, Now You See Me, which was it's it's like a ridiculous movie, but it's actually really entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and they tell a story of a magician who had this idea for a card trick and he had somebody like write their name on a card and made the card disappear, etc. But then he took that card and he stuck it into the, a knot in a tree. And over the course of uh, 30 years, the tree grew around it. And then eventually the person who wrote their name on the card came back to the town and without remembering they ever had written their name on a card, he had them pick out the same card using sleight of hand, write their name in the same exact place. Um, And then he made the card disappear. And he's like, your card is now in the middle of that tree. And he cut (laughs) down the tree and lo and behold, the card was there. And it was like a legendary, everyone was like, how in the world did he do it? Well, he had a 30 year plan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to see this thing through. That's what it takes to be an eff- effective evangelist. It's, just, it's not like one conversation that you have where you're like, I'm going to beat you over the head with my Bible passages and my apologetics and my catechism. But no, it's a willingness to say, I'm interested in your life. And I just want to listen and hear and walk with you through it. And those opportunities then to present the faith will present themselves. What I learned from that story was that what you really need is a forgetful audience in order to do good ministry. <laughs> Forget all the bad stuff that I've said on this show and only remember the good things. And then uh, come back in 30 years and I'll be like, hey, remember that time I mentioned you once on the podcast? Here it is. <laughs> so, well, podcast probably won't exist in 30 years, but trees still will. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope there's still trees. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- otherwise we wouldn't because of breathing. Uh, so yep. one, one of the other things, so you mentioned, um, you mentioned earlier uh, that you were talking about like when people want, you know, want to lead small groups, right? Cause we had the, mm-hmm. like, the you know, two things that you focus on. You're focusing on the one-on-one here and then you've built your whole life out of the small group thing. And I'm interested because we're just now starting these. I've, I've mentioned on the show before, we're starting these quads. I'm sure you've heard of, you know, the pretty, mm-hmm. you know, uh, small group kind of thing, right? Um, and like in quads, there is some like there's some guidance and those sorts of things, you know. So you could say it's program, whatever, right? But one of the things that um, that we're trying to do is like get people who have never really led small groups to lead small groups because and doing more of the just like look, you don't have to know everything, you don't have to plan everything. Just it's just the walking with people, right? So when you're talking about um, small groups and helping just the normal person, not your person who's worked at the church for ten years or whatever, just your normal everyday Catholic. Um, and then, you know, you said earlier, like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what to say, but what types of things are in good small groups that you, that anybody listening can go find three friends and meet after, you know, church on Sundays or whatever, right? What are some good things that happen in those small groups? The number one thing that you could do that has a huge impact on the quality of a conversation and also the the quality of ministry in general is share your witness. Uh, I heard somebody say one time, they said the the church is the primary way the church has always uh, shared the faith is through beauty. And I'm like, that is dead wrong. I was like, for the first 500 years, we didn't share the faith through beauty. We shared the faith by being burned to death, like (laughs) by by witness, Uh, you know, the fact that no, and it, it literally like the fact that Christians were willing to joyfully go to their death and be martyred for the faith gave witness to there's something behind this. The fact, what did the apostles do when they first went out into the world? They told the, the, the story of Jesus Christ and how they witnessed a man die and rise from the dead. Uh, so giving testimony to here's how here's my relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's how he's moved in my life powerfully. Here's what he's doing in my life today. Uh, and, and having those conversations regularly, like, I can't tell you, I I took a step back one time and I realized like how much there's only five homilies in my life. I can remember, 
that have had a huge impact on me. And each time it was because the priest gave witness to what God was doing in his life. Uh, and it was, it could be something biblical. Like, like he was like, I read the story of, of Jesus and the lepers. And here's how this pertained to my life at the time when I read it. Uh, and it's like, yeah, that's beautiful. It gives witness. It gives testimony to, to um, the way God works. We aren't comfortable in that. And we need to be the opposite of sharing witness is, is um, hypocrisy. So like those who say like, do this, but don't follow my example, because my example doesn't. Uh, and so you look at like, what does more damage to the church than, than anything else? I would say hypocrisy. Look at the church sexual abuse scandals. Look at bishops who don't stand up for the truth. Look at like those types of, of, of um, hypocrite moments, which is largely what the Pharisees were. And that's who Jesus, Jesus uh, condemned uh, those hypocrite moments do untold damage to people like you the way you live your life and giving testimony to um the way god has moved in your life is the most powerful thing you can do uh speaking the truth and not living it the most damaging thing you can do yeah man um okay final question on the on the the one-on-one stuff right because you talked you've mm -hmm. talked you've given us like kind of first steps right like you, you you shared your uh your decree of Evan Fritz to not share the faith of the, you know, with your with family all this stuff like but to let people come to you share your story that 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 sort of thing right um mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about you know and like okay you know you you want to sh you know somebody listen to this is like inspired and they're like oh I heard Everett and I want to go you know uh walk with somebody right and then they 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 meet with them one time and they they listen to their story they share their story and now they're like okay what do I do for the next 30 years <laughs> so like we can't go through the whole 30 years but like what are some of the other important aspects of of walking with somebody one on one in faith well i think i uh, one of the first things I focus in on is just the invitation because uh, the, the personal one, the, one of the beautiful things about doing ministry one-on-one -on -one is that you can personally invite uh, and a personal invitation goes a long, long way. Uh, and then the fact that, so let's say you get together, you listen to somebody's story, you say, Hey, where are you at in your own faith life? Uh, and they tell you their story. You may tell parts of yours. Uh, then the follow-up is, Hey, let's get together for coffee next week. And let's make this a regular thing. People are hungry for relationship. I mean, if anything, uh, the pandemic showed us that. Uh, we are, I, I like to say, look, and this is very true in youth ministry. If you've been doing youth ministry past, like around 2012, youth culture changed and it changed because of the, the phone. Um, once young people were connected constantly in social media, they no longer felt like they needed a large community of people because they were constantly connected to a large community of people. What every person is hungering for these days is intimacy with another person uh, and intimacy with God himself. And so how do you navigate helping somebody find intimacy with God himself? You have to be willing to have an intimate relationship with them too. And so the, the idea of it's a foreign concept to Catholics to say, hey, let's gather, get together weekly and we're going to press play on this video series and watch, you know, famous Catholic speaker go through the, no, get together weekly and talk about your lives. Mm -hmm. uh, like start there and just start to dive in and just like, tell me about your life this week. How can I pray for you? And, and you'll be amazed at where things go. And then eventually, if you find somebody has a lot of questions about the Bible or a lot of questions about apologetics or different things, that's when you study together. But it, it's a matter of saying, okay, I want to actually get to know you as a person first. 
Um, so regular meetings with a person, just say, hey, let's go out to coffee. And then if it's a fruitful conversation, you know, we should do this again. What do you think about getting together uh, weekly or every other week or monthly or something of that nature? Um, that will do more to bring somebody to the faith than almost anything else you can do. Well, there you go. So at first he gave you what you do on the first meeting, and then he gave you the second meeting, and then he did the next few. But if you want the next 30 years, you're going to have to go buy the book. That's that's what we call a paywall. Uh, One Disciple at a Time by Everett Fritz, How to Lead Others to Dynamic, Engaged, Life-Changing Faith, Ave Maria Press, Amazon, wherever you get great books. Um, and then you've got, uh, if you want more information on how to like walk with people, you can do so at his website and his new podcast. Let us know about those. Yeah. So uh, my ministry is called Andrew Ministries. Uh, I coach and consult for small group uh, discipleship-based ministry, particularly youth ministry. So that's andrew-ministries.com. Go to the website. We have free resources available on the website. Uh, Also, uh, I have a new podcast called Holy Conundrums Podcast, where we talk about church problems and sensible solutions. So I think that's all my merch to sell. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you because you used to just share the church problems and that was the hot topic things, but <laughs> never the solution. So even Everett Fritz can grow as a person. <laughs> the problems are so much more fun to talk about. And honestly, if you, un- if you understand the problem, though, there's all kinds of solutions you can come up with, but you got to be able to nitpick on the problem and really nail it down. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't say anything too controversial. Well, uh, on this uh, we'll get a little bit of hate mail. It's fine, though. I'm, I'm used to All it. Right. I'm here every week. So <laughs> we're used to hate mail. Well, Everett, it's good to talk to you again. Um, and don't, everybody else that's listening, go find the book and then uh, stick around for the next 20 minutes. We're stuck with Liv. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, you watching, listening to this episode. Are you enjoying it? If you are, I bet that while you were listening to this, at least one person popped into your head, whether it was completely randomly or because of something that we were talking about. That might be your cue to hit the share button and share it with them. Text it to them, man. Like, yeah, sharing it on social media would be great and all, but like, how many people really click those links? You know what I mean? Like, I see the numbers when I share stuff. Nobody clicks on anything. Maybe one. But if you share this with somebody, be like, hey, this is something I think you might enjoy. Dude, we can double our listeners in a week if you all do it and stop being little schmucks. Yes, I called my listeners schmucks. I love you. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Fort Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. Liv Harrison is back. Uh, how'd you like that interview with Everett, Liv? It was incredible. <laughs> and if I were Allison, I would look beautiful and say it was incredible. <laughs> oh, man, you think you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how funny you think you are. <laughs> why do i laugh at you like everything you know. say is an insult and i die laughing and it's like i think your sad. face is weird <laughs> <laughs> see it works <laughs> good i your, should just play this for my therapist remind me of bunny teeth Oh, I'm a little, I'm a little, yeah. Oh, I found one. <laughs> oh, you left still. I win. <laughs> no, I was just still living off of the, um, the excitement that you thought I was Allison for two seconds. So I was. <laughs> yeah. That, for us, yeah, that was close. a minute ago. For, not even For the close. listeners, it was 25 minutes ago. They're like, what It was. It was. Yeah, yeah. It has it. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. This is your favorite when I bring up things that nobody knows. Yes. Um, okay, so I wanted to share a story with you. And kind of, I have a few questions as I share the story, but this is my favorite segment with you because I get to talk for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. My first question 
I, I, I will. I will. I will. I will give you permission to speak. Uh, you can speak when spoken to, Miss Harrison. <laughs> um, when's the last time that you went to confession? Do you mind sharing that answer? Ooh, probably in the spring. Uh, it was during Easter. Okay, cool. Easter time. Yeah. So, so good. What was that three, two, three months, something like that? Yeah. So it, it had been a while for me. It had been maybe four, five, six months, right? It was just one of those yeah. things. I just, I just kept putting it off. Like, oh, I'll go in a few weeks. I'll go in a few weeks. And then, yeah. like, I think what happened was I usually go every two or three months, but I got sick around that three months yes. time. And then it took me like a month and a half to recover. And then I'm like, oh, I need to go, right? Um, and I'm too tired to sin whenever I'm whenever I'm sick. <laughs> I know. So, you know Maybe like, that's why we keep getting sick. <laughs> yeah. God's like, Jesus hey, is this is, uh, we're seeing the results. Less sin whenever they're in bed by themselves for six weeks. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> we could just get a bus to hit them and kill them while that yeah. happens. Then they could go right on up. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So <laughs> I... Um, I'm just thinking about the logistics of how hard it would be for a bus to hit my room. Like, I live in a cul-de-sac, so why would a bus be here? How would it get up to that fast? And also, it's the really? back room in my house. This is what we're doing? Yeah. I'm Go back how... to confession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think your analogy's stupid. <laughs> yeah, tell us something new. Okay. So, um, I, was in, I was in confession. The reason I was in confession, and uh, people might be getting tired of hearing about this now, but... Long story short, for people who haven't heard me talk about it the last every, pretty much every week for the last six, I uh, started a new ministry at our church called Foundations. It's like Catholicism 101. Boom, that's all you need to know. But we did a night on the sacraments. It's essentially like RCIA for people who are already Catholic, right? Just kind of a uh, – uh, it's like a booster shot for Catholicism. Nice. Um, so um, – I, uh, I was going to make a lot of booster shot jokes, but I'm going to refrain. So um, we did a night on the sacraments and we tried to pack the sacraments and like, the, the, the lessons are like 30, 30, 35 minutes long. So we tried to do all the sacraments in here, but we knew that most people had, you know, they've been Catholic for a long time. They know about the sacraments, but going into it, I was like, reconciliation needs to be the primary thing here. And I kind of like knew that mentally coming in. I was like, I feel like mentally, I think there's a lot of people that it probably haven't been in a while. And then um, I wasn't given the talk that night. One, one of my friends was, and I just sat there and just had this, and it's not this, like, I don't have this stuff happen often, but I just had this overwhelming sense that was like, it wasn't mental. It was like a spiritual thing of like, there are people in here that really need to go to confession. Like it's been a long mm. time, you know, I don't know who it is, but I just had this feeling. So I shared that and kind of got goosebumps as I shared it, you know? Um, and I was like, it's when, like, and essentially what I said was like, we're all, like, cause everybody's enjoying foundations. Everybody's, we're halfway done. We're five, six weeks in. Everybody's really enjoying it. And I'm like, look guys, like, I know like we're learning a lot. We're having a great time in this, with this small Catholic community, but like nothing that we say for the whole 10 weeks will be more important than you going to confession once. Like that's going to, that's going to do more for your spiritual life than literally everything else that we do in this 10 weeks combined. Um, and I shared that. And a bunch of people went, and but here I am. We we had a, a week week break for Fourth of July, and um, we have confession three times a week at our parish, and so there you know the first week goes by. Father Anthony's here, so I I you know and I, and we're gone, so I'm not at the parish for that one, and then we get through Wednesday. Wednesday I didn't go. Thursday I didn't go. We get to the last day, and it's Saturday. Uh, f and, and then we meet the next Monday. Like, this is my last chance to go. I was like, I gave the homework. I got to go. You know, it's been a few, it's been a while for me longer than it usually is. So I went, um, and it was really cool to see about six people there from 
our group, which our group's only 18. So like a lot of people, one, it was cool to see people there. Two, it was very funny to see them all at the last chance too, right? <laughs> like, you know? You're like, uh, these are my people. <laughs> right. So I get there and the because, not just because our group, but this like, you know, I've, sh- I've shared before too that our parish is in a lot healthier place than it's been the last, yeah. ever since I've been here. It's the longest, the conf- when I got there, I got there 15 minutes early and the line was already longer than I had ever seen it ever, ever. But 15 mm. minutes before it started. Um, we get in line. Um, we're in, we're there for about an hour. By the time I leave, the confessional line is the length of our church. We have a pretty large church. It has like two, 2,000, 2,500 families. Like it's a big church. And the line was from the back of the church to the front of the church. Like just incredible. Right. But here's my first question for you. It was a really cool experience. We'll get more to how, the, why it was cool and how it was cool. And also why it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> there's, there's a little piece of there that made it terrible, but um, I knew we were going to be in line for a long time. So here is my question. My question for you and my question for the audience to ponder. What are the rules for what you are allowed to do in line for confession? What do you think that we should be doing when we're in line for confession? I feel like you and I have talked about this, and I don't know if it was on... Like in an episode or if it was in real life, because we've gone so. to confession together. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. And I have pulled out my phone. <laughs> you were sitting next to me in the confession line. <laughs> we're waiting. We were at St. Mary's. And I started like, it was not like an app of like flagging my sins. It was, and it wasn't Instagram either. I'm trying to remember what it was that I did. And I remember that we talked about it later and you were like, Okay, I totally thought you were on Facebook or Instagram, and I wasn't. But I wasn't. I wasn't doing something like purely like what was I doing? Oh, I know what it was. I pulled out notes and I started taking notes myself. Like I started writing things myself. But I did feel weird, and then you made me feel weird. Pick because- up two percent milk. <laughs> Call <Yeah>. back bank. <laughs> 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 yeah, where because I've got plenty of apps where you can flag different sins. You know what yeah. I mean? Like not just Halo or Halo or whatever the heck that is, but like I have like a confession one. But I was kind of going through some like trying to read stuff. I feel like that's okay, but like I know this is not what you asked. But like my husband takes out his I really, phone. And- I really need you to answer what I asked because we got to get through this segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That all, say it that, again. That, that that scenario also. I made think it different. you're allowed to be on your phone. I think I, you're allowed think to be so on your too. phone. I think so too. I do. But I, I, I do remember the the time that we were in, that the time that we were in um, in St. Mary's because that one I think was different. Even from what I'm about to say, I was in a okay. church, which obviously the church has a tabernacle, but the tabernacle's closed, right? Um, yeah. I think that makes a difference, at least for me. But where you and I were, we were. There was it was an adoration chapel where we are going into confession. So like adoration was happening at the same time. So like at that point, it's like you don't want to be on Instagram or Facebook. Like notes right. is fine. Like I take notes during mass, during the homily and stuff. Like I mean, I I share about mass all the time on this show. Well, how do you think I remember? I pulled out my phone and I took a note. You know, um, but like we were in an adoration chapel. So like you and I weren't sitting there talking to each other. Now, no, the, no. I I think it's different. So I was in a church, I and. What I think you should do before adoration, whether it's before you go, I think you should do it before you go, because if you want to get in line, you might be first. You never know. So I like to go to confession pre-ready for confession. I've done my examination of conscience. I know what I'm going to say. It's not that hard for me. I've been saying the same exact thing for many, many years. It's not that difficult to do an examination of conscience. Um, 
but I come ready to go. So that way, like literally I'm just standing in line, right? And you want to come in and like, you know, pray, acknowledge that Jesus is there, that sort of thing, right? But if I'm standing there for an hour, I don't think, like I'm standing next to my one of my best friends. We started talking, right? And I know that some people, we're not, we're not talking like this, but we're, we're kind of whispering, talking to each other, whatever. Yeah. We're talking about, we're talking about like TV shows that we just watched or whatever. We're just hang, or hanging out. Yeah, Jesus is there, but like, you know, people hung out with Jesus when he was alive. What's the difference now? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not like they it's were true. like, we can't talk. Jesus is here. You know, like. <laughs> it was a silent wedding at Cana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one spoke. Everybody shut up and drink your free wine. <laughs> exactly. So like, it, it was this interesting thing because I know that some people would be against that, but I didn't see a problem with it. Right. I'm already prepared. I know other people are trying to prepare. So I'm not going to talk like this. Like we were whispering, maybe we were bothering the person right, right, right in front of her and right behind me. Maybe, right? Um, what do you think about talking whilst in line for confession? Yeah, probably not okay. I got to be honest. Yeah, that's because fine. You can be wrong. Be Tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you did do, but like if you, you don't know what's going on in other people's lives. You don't know why they had to all of a sudden get to the confession line. You know what I mean? So if they really need to prepare, I believe that they need the quiet and the respect for that. But we, we that's what all. I'm saying is that that doesn't take an hour. Like, essentially, we were quiet for maybe the first five, ten minutes of the hour. And then we talked so you're saying about the people on either side should have been prepared by then. <laughs> by the time have. you started and talking. And then we talked for about 20 minutes. And then we shut up for about 10 to, to like, right. pray again. And okay. then we talked for a few more minutes and then we were quiet again for like five more minutes when we got to the front. It's just one of those things where it's like, I'm not. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. Um, like, I, and I think there's a, there's some kind of balance between being respectful of other people, being respectful of like being in a church, uh, but also like being realistic of like, I, right. I don't have to sit here in silence and like. I didn't come here for an adoration hour. Like an adoration hour is great, right. but that's not why I came here. I came here for confession, not knowing it was going to take an hour. And for me, it was an hour. And I got there 15 minutes early for the people behind me. It was probably two hours. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. I don't think you need to like the penance is supposed to be after, not before. <laughs> <laughs> so did someone yell at you? Did you get in no, trouble? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's where it gets in. I promise you the rep, like this, this story and I probably will just rush through the whole story and then we'll talk about it after. Because um, okay. I want to give you the full context of the story. I swear to you that every single piece of this is real because it sounds like it's out of a Catholic movie. Like what happened to me during this confession sounds like it was out of a movie. So here's, okay. here's this. I've already set the scene a little bit. I'm 15 minutes early. There's a ton of people there. I walk in um, and like one of my... We, we knew we kind of coordinated because she's the other person helping me with foundations. We were like, Hey, we need to go because we need to set the example and we just need to go. Right. So we go, we walk in together. We hadn't seen each other in a while. So, you know, we were quiet for a bit and then we started talking. I already talked about that part. Right. Uh, immediately the person that comes in right behind me. Um, I'm not, I, I've, I've thought about how I'm going to say this in the show. I'm not a fan of, and they're not a fan of me. And this is the person that stood behind me for an hour. Um, devout Catholic, uh, but we've, we like seven years ago, like we almost got in a physical altercation. We would have if I'm not as large as I am because he tried to start a physical altercation and I stood up and looked at him and he left. <laughs> um, he, has, he has also gotten in a physical altercation with a friend of mine who is a saint 
and like called the it was that it was this person's fault and called the cops on my friend and my friend was in handcuffs and was about to get taken to jail because he essentially said that he beat him up when it was the like he started it you know that's crazy um, that's crazy like so not like and then yeah so those are the two big things but there's some other things that just make me not a fan of this person and i think think you know because of who i am like you know talking in line uh makes them not a fan of me so it's not Uh a one-way street right so it made for i have not interacted with this person in years because it was just one of those like it's just not for me like i'm gonna distance myself that way like the anger is gone and like the anger is gone like i used to be angry at this person but it's been years since i've interacted with them so why be angry about it right um that didn't mean it wasn't awkward standing next to this person for an hour right but this person is also pretty judgmental about like sacredness of stuff so like I wasn't talking to make them mad, but I knew I was doing it knowing that it would. You know what I mean? You didn't stop because you knew. Yeah. You were like, I'm good with it. I'm okay. I, and I want to reiterate. With I my choices. I didn't talk because he was behind me. I was it talking, wasn't I was, too, I was, right. But I, I knew that it was gonna, probably going to bother this person. It didn't okay. make you stop. So right. then, I so then that, that's this one piece. And then... Um, the the next the next part of this confession is as I'm standing in line. I, ironically enough, I pull out my phone. I start taking notes. Right, um, I was like, "What can and can't you do in the line?" And here we are talking about it. The next thing is, um, this is the first time that I have gone to confession with my pastor. Who like he does? That's been always my rule. I'm not going to go to the guy that signs my checks. Oh, now right, 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 he doesn't right, right. sign my checks, but he did just hire my wife. My wife works at the church now. I think I've mentioned that on the show. Hooray! My yeah. wife has a job. Yay, uh, just in case Sam. I haven't mentioned it before, we're very happy. So signs a check that comes to my bank account, <laughs> um, and like I'm on the pastoral council and I'm running. Like I don't, I don't, I just don't like going to confession with people that I work yeah. with and see day in and day out. I'd rather go to the associate or somebody, some another parish or whatever. When I travel, that sort of thing. Um. So I had this thought of, since I say the same sins over and over and over again, I just want to learn them in another language, memorize that, and just go into confessional. Uh, <laughs> yo soy el murdero. You know, like, just, like, <laughs> whatever my sins are in Spanish or something, I want to memorize it and go in and see how they would respond, okay? Um, but, so that that was just a random thought. But here's where it gets crazy. Here's where it felt like a Catholic movie. Because... In the Catholic movie, there's like the protagonist, obviously me, uh, talking to his friend, you know, standing front. There's the the antagonist behind, right? I go into the confessional. And while, like I said, the last five minutes or so, they were about to get ready for mass. So the pianist came in and started playing music. And that did make it a little bit more prayerful, kind of easier for me to focus. So we shut up. We stopped talking, right? So the piano is playing and kind of practicing for mass. I go into the confessional. I say all my sins. The priest asks a, uh, the pastor asks a bunch of follow up questions, which I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't want to give any more information. I was like, I gave you the information I wanted to give you, <laughs> <laughs> but I did because I, I'm trying to be a good Catholic. You know, I swear to you, Liv. I swear to you, what about to happen happened yeah. at exactly the moment that I say that does. It sounds like I'm making it up. Do you know what my favorite instrument is? In the world, no. My favorite instrument, especially for like prayer and liturgy. I've said it a couple times, but maybe you hadn't heard. I think that the violin is the prettiest instrument in the world. Oh, and it adds so same. much to prayer and worship, same. right? Yeah. So I mentioned that the pianist got there about 10 minutes in. I say all of my sins. I got goosebumps right now. It's one of the craziest moments that's ever happened to me. Um, Priest asks all his follow-up questions. I kind of explain myself. And then he says, okay. And then I do my, my act of contrition. When I finish the act of contrition and Father puts his hand up, 
and he starts giving the absolution, the moment he starts giving absolution, the violinist for mass had just shown up, starts playing this beautiful music. So now the the, the, the prayer of absolution is scored to this beautiful violin music. <laughs> and I, I got goosebumps. I almost teared up because I'm like, this is God's nudge to me of like, well done, my good and faithful servant. Maybe you shouldn't have talked while you were in line, but you got yourself here. You got all these other people here. Like, very good job. I haven't heard a violin in that church in a year. And it happened the <laughs> moment that he started. Like, it was insane. It was insane. Can I say what is so great about this story? You seem more excited about this than the Father Mike Schmidt's catechism in the year. It like, was I feel incredible. Like there was a violin. I'm going to start adding violins under Father Mike. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. That's brilliant. <laughs> Taylor, that's amazing. Well, wait, I want to know what the antagonist did. I want to know if okay. he punched him when you walked out. Here's, I got to hear the conclusion. Here's the conclusion of the story. Violin happens. I get my, I like, I don't hear any of the words, the absolution. Cause I'm just like, Oh yeah, my gosh, is this really like I had to walk out like legitimately I had to walk out. And like when my friend got out of confessional and actually finished her penance, I walked up to her. I was like, you hear the violin, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm not crazy. I'm not Harry Potter. Because like, right? we don't like, have we violins in our church. Yeah. yeah I, I thought it was like, you know, like, like Harry Potter seeing the horses. Cause he saw somebody die. Like yeah. I thought the violin was just a gift for me, for me from God. Like I wasn't sure. We're still alive. Right. We're right. still, yeah, yeah. we're still on the planet. Yeah. It's not the violins from the Titanic that are playing. Father yeah. all dying. That's what like, it was. Did, uh, did something. Yeah. For so sure. here's how the story ends. Oh gosh. Um, I do my, my penance, which was a lot, by the way. Um, she she does her penance, so I'm I'm trying to you know I, I finish and I kind of wait for her to leave, but she's still doing her penance. So I go sit like out in the foyer. So there's like you know the main church, the foyer, and then uh, the vestibule, whatever you know, whatever you know what I mean when I say the foyer. Yeah. Right? Uh, all yeah. the people, so and so. I don't care. So it's between the church and my ha- my car, right? So I'm sitting out there. I have not looked at this person for an hour. Oh, I gosh. like turn my back on it just because like it's just, I just didn't want it to be awkward. Yeah. Right. Like I, I haven't interacted with them at all. And then I I'm sitting there waiting for my friend and the door opens and I think it's my friend. So I look at him and guess who it is? The guy. <laughs> the guy. Right. Um, who had just come out of confessional and he's grinning ear to ear. He looks at me. He smiles and goes, hey, sup," And just smiles and walks out. And I have I had two thoughts. One, am I an incredibly big jerk that can't get over stuff from years ago? And I, sh- uh, or can is the only time that I can interact with this person is when we are both in a perfect state of grace. <laughs> is there a third option, which is both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I the above. Because, like, I I was sitting there I, I, because, like, it's just one of those people where it's like I just don't want to be like. I, Did I don't you say hi that- back? I did. I did. Good. Uh, but I was, sit- I was sitting in the car on the way back, and I was like, maybe I should forgive, forget, and move on with my life. Or we were both in a state of grace. That's the only time we should interact. Uh, when both of us have completely clean consciences, then we're okay. But any other any other moment past that probably wouldn't be healthy. And that's where I clean. <laughs> good. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that's perfect. You'll just text him whenever you're going to go to confession, and then that's when you guys can see each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So the violins, please tell me that it was a wedding that was happening. I thought you were going to say something like that. I thought you were going to say, and then a bride came in and there was like some reason for the violin, but I kind of love that you said that there was a, I don't know if you know this, but my favorite music in the world are uh, like movie soundtracks. Mariachis. I don't know if you know that. Oh, okay. Absolute favorite. So like, I love that you said that there was like a soundtrack to your no, like, like I legitimately felt like I was, was in a cheesy scored. Christian movie. I did. You're like, Hans Zimmer is outside. <laughs> <Right>. like, what- <laughs> John Williams is yeah. Catholic? <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing. It but was- that's kind of not a bad idea, Taylor. I mean, I already said you're an audio engineer or whatever I said you were, sound engineer. What if you start, like, you contact, like, hallow and tell them that you could write (laughs) um like scripted music for different sacraments for like confession absolution (laughs) you know you put on your the best one would be baptism. on the app the best one would be baptism baptism (laughs) because it would be all like hellish music and then heaven it's vader's theme before baptism and then the force theme after baptism that's hilarious <laughs> see you just did something new this segment brought to you by hallow that'd be great we've talked for way too long but i have one one final thought about this confession thing because i don't want to let's hear it so let's hear it my my penance was was interesting because I'm I'm convinced that that my pastor knew it was me. But then when he gave me the penance, I'm not sure if he was because uh you know, average family what I at least had used to be like two and a half kids. I think it's less now, right? But average Catholic family in our church, like there's a good chance that I had eight kids, nine kids. Anybody in that line could have, right? I have three. But the penance that he gave me was to um uh, saying our father for each member of my family and, and thank God for them. Right. So like I have a wife and three kids, not a crazy, like for our fathers, that's not crazy, like more than normal, but not crazy. But like, could you imagine if he said that to the guy in our church that has 13 <laughs> kids, he spent his whole afternoon in church. He waited he's in still line there. for an hour and a half and now he's doing it after like he's an hour <laughs> and a half on each end. <laughs> it cracked he's- me up. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, I'm glad that you uh, you had violins and I'm glad that you are a good person when you are shiny. Even Taylor can be a good person when he's in the state of grace. I thought That's what I'm taking away from this story. <laughs> what I'm taking away from this story is <laughs> what, my biggest takeaway is the next podcast that or the next time I go to, to uh, confession, I'm going to bring all my podcaster equipment and record this in the foyer. It'll be the holiest show we've ever done because I'll be nice to everybody, including Olivia Newton-John. That's everything we have today. I'll be back next week. Liv will be back for episode 300. See ya! Thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed it. We had an absolute blast. If you did, please do not forget to hit the subscribe button. If you haven't done it yet, it's just mean at this point. Hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening or over on YouTube. Share it with somebody. Y'all are the best. We'll be back next week for a uh, very special episode. We're going to have a surprise co-host. Don't go anywhere. Well, I mean, why'd I say that? Go wherever you want. The show is over. I'm tired. I love you. Bye.